Welcome back to the Anxious Baller Podcast. I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you because I have my good friend Justine. Justine is very cool. She wears many different hats. She's a fitness coach, nutrition coach, a mindset coach, a language coach. And we just jump right into it. And one of the questions I asked Justine was, who are you? And I feel for me, this is a very important question because the more I get clear on the vision of who I wanna become, the less second guessing I do, the less comparing myself to others, I get clear. And I'm able to channel my energy on things that actually matter to me rather than getting caught in all these distractions that we face every single day. So thanks again, Justine, for jumping on the podcast. If you wanna connect with Justine, please visit the description because I have all of Justine's information in that box. Enjoy. Oh, this is a funny question because this is something I've thought a lot on. So who is Justine? And Justine is love, fire, and passion. And the reason why I say that is most people, when you ask them who they are, they'd be like, well, I'm a military wife. I'm a mom of two kids. I have a dog and a guinea pig. I'm a nutrition coach, a mindset language coach, a personal trainer. I am all of those are a part of me, but they're not who I am. So when I strip away all of that, who am I when I'm just sitting here by myself? So it's, and I think it's really important to know that. And it's something that I've thought about. I had a friend of mine, another coach friend of mine, asked me that same, asked that same question. And it's like, think about it. Like, who are you? Because your first instinct is to say all of the things that are in your life, but who's who's John Mm. right you're like well I don't know (laughs) right so um but I am all of those other things as well they're a part of me um I am well we're new-ish back to Winnipeg um so moved a little less than a year ago uh back to Winnipeg um and I'm just trying to bring my transport a business across. Oh, I was like, am I frozen? Um, transport a business across a province. Um, and it's cool because now that COVID restrictions have lifted, I can do things in person. Um, so for me, that's an exciting thing to be able to do with people. Um, so just creating programs for athletes, Um, and then I've got the other end of the spectrum where I work with older women and men as well. So I help, I help what society considers broken, which is not what anybody is. Nobody's broken. Uh, they don't need to be fixed. They need to be healed. So I help heal people. And then on with the athletes, it's about prevention. It's to keep them from being to that point where they need to be healed because they've been down so long the one thing i want to backtrack on is you mentioned the identity piece and then you just mentioned athletes and it Mm -hmm. seems like you know athletes sometimes have a difficult time so i was just curious justine like if you had any thoughts on that you know and, and how athletes can either make you know a smoother transition or how you would help someone redefine who they are Well, and that's where that original question is going to come from. Who are you? Um, I find with COVID was a a big young athletes, but athletes who have lived 
their their whole life has been their sport, right? They're young, right? They This is what they want to do. And that was stripped away from them. And when you consider that who you are as a person, I am the basketball player. I am the hockey player. I am the dancer. That's who I am. Well, that's not who you are. It's a part of who you are. But if that's who you believe you are, and then that's taken away from you, then you believe that you have no idea who you are anymore. So then you get lost and the anxiety and the depression comes in and it's, it's dark. And if you, whereas when you strip that away, it's like, who are you? Are you the person that like dance around in your socks in your bedroom? Like, are you, do you love holy? Are you fierce with your friends? Like, who are you at your core when you're just sitting here? right? When you're just being, you're not the basketball player. You're not the daughter. You're not the son. Like, who are you? And that's a really hard, deep question to think about, Mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're young, but not tying your identity to your sport, knowing that that there's life beyond that, that you are so much more than just your sport. It's a part of who you are, but it's not who you are. And if you're struggling, um, that's the first place that you need to start is who are you? That's a big, big one. Yeah. How would you define what it means to be a coach? This one's actually, uh, it's simple to me. Coach equals skill set plus mindset. Hmm. Um, so skill set depending on what you're coaching because everybody coaches something different are you a basketball coach well you're giving somebody uh, a skill set you're teaching them how to play the game um but the mindset part of it is so huge and i love that now coming into sport there's so much more um no not necessarily knowledge but people are recognizing that the mindset part is playing huge piece like we can't just yell and throw things at our athletes anymore and expect them to respond in a positive way to that. That's not the way that it works. Right. So, um, to me being able to mix the two together and no matter what it is that you're coaching is necessary. Um, so for me, it's skill set plus mindset. What would your advice be to someone who's, you know, wanting to become a coach? Get help. Like I, I didn't bang my head against the wall for too long before I realized that I needed somebody to teach me and it was okay that I needed help because this was not my area of expertise, building a business, becoming a coach. Um, it's, you need to be able to well, if you, it depends on what you want to coach, right? Like, are you building a business out of your coaching? Or are you going like into a school and coaching somebody? It can be completely different, but making sure that you are very, very clear on what it is that you want to do, right? And it doesn't mean that it can't change. I can tell you from the very first time that I started doing what I'm doing, it doesn't even look remotely the same as what I'm doing now. It has changed and it has evolved based off of where my, I always had this trajectory. I was always on this course, this path that I was, on to where I'm meant to be. Um, but I took the trainings based off of what felt right to me. I was constantly digging and looking for more. Um, 
not more in the sense of I need more knowledge. It's like, what is it that I'm missing that hasn't completely clicked yet with what it is that I want to do with people? And I have found that. And there's, again, where I am fire and passion, it's like it lit that fire and passion inside of me. And it was like this, this is the one. Um, But asking for help, like getting the training that you need to to do what it is that you want to do. But then the best advice that I can give you too, to follow up on that is you don't have to know everything as a coach, right? We, there's a lot of times that they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to get one more certification, just one more certification. If I just get that like level three, then like people are going to take me seriously. It's like, stop and think for a second. Do you have the passion that drives you to be a coach? Do you have a skill set that gives you the ability to coach somebody, right? Then you're already set. You can continue to grow and learn more because I think that's an important part of being able to provide a service to somebody, be able to coach them is to always constantly be learning new things. But at the same time, you don't have to know everything. And just because you're new doesn't mean you can't do it either. It's like you wouldn't not go to a doctor just because they had just graduated med school, right? Mm-hmm. There's still a doctor. You would still sign up. So why are you any less qualified if you have what it takes? So the one thing that's really interesting to me is how not only have you had a passion for coaching, but you've actually turned this into a business. Like this is what you do now. And I think there's a lot of people that are doing this as a hobby and they love it and they, this is what they want to do. So I'm curious if you could give any tips for people that are trying to make that transition from doing this as a hobby and then making it into a business. First passion. That's another, that's, that's the biggest one when it comes to it, make sure that you have the passion for it. Like this is what's driving you that um, you're always happy to be doing it. You wake up every morning and you're like, I, I get to do my work. It's not, I have to go to work. It's like, I get to do this. Like, this is awesome. Um, but again, asking for help where you need it, depending on what it is that you're trying to create, but switching it from hobby to profession is, do you want to be an entrepreneur? Is that something that you're passionate about? Cause I see that a lot with coaches is they, they found what they want to do, but being an entrepreneur is not for them. So running their own business is the not for them. In which case you're going to be able to find a gym or another person who runs their own business that does other things where you can go and work for them. You don't have to do the entrepreneurship thing. You can, um, you can still do what you love, but you don't have to deal with all the other messy bits that come with like building and growing a business. So figuring out which one is best suited for you, not to say that you can't change your mind down the line, right? But what works best for you right now? Um, Is it going and working with somebody or under somebody, or is it building it from the ground up? What works best for you? And knowing that um, it's working for somebody else, are you capable of doing that? Or are you ready for the grind that it's going to take to launch a business off the ground? Because it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. What are the, the challenges of being an entrepreneur for, for people that don't know and that are interested in being an entrepreneur? I don't think that there's really any coaching realm, like no matter what it is, whether you're coaching a sport, whether you're coaching nutrition, coaching personal trainer, like whatever it is, for the most part, the market is saturated with coaches 
Um, but I think, I don't think, I know the thing that is going to set you apart as a coach is that you actually care. It's not about the money. The money is great, right? And it's necessary, but that can't be the reason why you're in it. Cause there's lots of people who it's, you are just that next social media post of like success, right? Whether it's that before and after picture, or it's like, look what I did with this athlete, like where they were here and now look where they are now. It's like the only reason why they're working with you and getting you through super quick is so that they can put it on social media and see, look what I did, right? You are a bragging, right? Don't be that coach. Be the one where it's, for me, most of the time you can't even see the difference that I've made in people. Yes, the physical part of it comes into play, but the biggest part is happening up here. And the only way that you're seeing that is if you can see the difference and the smile and the way that it touches their eyes and the way that it glows from within them. Like for me, the transformation that I make in people is more inside than it is outside. So it's, can I say a bad word? Yeah, you can, of course. <laughs> Um, one of my, one of my coaches, she said to me, one of the biggest parts of being a coach is listening to people and just giving a shit. Like that's what people want. That's what anybody really wants is to know that the person that they're working with actually cares whether or not they succeed. It's not about me as a coach. It's about you as a client. Right. So, um, it's not an easy market to break into, but again, if you're clear on who it is that you want to work with and what it is that you're offering, then knowing that you stand apart and you have a service that nobody else is offering. I have a service that nobody else is offering because it's my own. I created it. I have certifications and I have uh, a passion and I have a backstory that comes with it. So for me, what I'm offering is unique because I created it. So if you're creating something, then what you have is unique. And if you're passionate about it and you're willing to work with people and willing to work on yourself at the same time to constantly being able to grow with the way that the industry grows and changes and no matter where you are, because it's always growing and changing, um, then you're going to, you're going to do amazing. But if you're in it for the money and you don't actually care about the success of your clients, then you're not, this is not for you. When you're building a relationship with somebody, you know, initially, you know, taking on a client. What are the kind of questions that you ask? It depends on which client I'm working with. Um, I'm a deeper question person. I ask questions that a lot of people, I, I make people cry a lot <laughs> with my questions, <laughs> but it's because nobody's ever asked them. One of my favorite questions that I ask people is, what are you not willing to do to reach your goals? Like I ask them what their goals are. Right. And it's, oh, I want to lose this much weight. And, you know, I want to be more toned. And it's like, well, we, you know, those, that's superficial. Like, who do you want to be? Like, what is the goal of who you want to be? Right. Like, I want to be able to run around with my kids and keep up with them and have grandkids someday and be able to run around with them. The biggest thing that I get is I just want to be happy and healthy. And I ask prompting questions and then I just listen. It's a, big thing to be able to hold space for somebody to just be able to tell their story. Um, and there's not enough of that. It's more me trying, like there's so many people trying to push on them 
what they need to know. And really it's, no, they already know. They already have the answers inside of them. It's my job to ask the right questions so that they can realize what it is. So I don't tell people what to do. I ask them questions so that they can discover it for themselves. But my favorite question out of all the questions that I ask people is what are you not willing to do to reach your goals? And that's big at any level, no matter what your goal is, because if you don't have boundaries, you are not going to, you're not going to succeed or you're not going to succeed in a healthy way. You're going to white knuckle something because you're not willing, you are willing to do whatever it takes to get there, which is, it's not, that's not good. Like you have to have a set of boundaries. What did you make the shift from like being able to, to hold space for people? Because that seems like a big mistake from, from my perspective, just watching younger, younger coaches or people new into coaching that they're always trying to push this information onto people. And they're not recognizing that, that people do have the answers if we do give them the space. So I'm interested just from, from your journey when did you, when did that change for you? Or was that something that you always did? I've always been a like space holder. No, I can't say always that's definitive. Um, I like to listen to people. I like to talk, but I also love to listen to what other people have to say. Um, so just being quiet, comfortable in silence. That's hard for people. You say something, I could sit here, ask you a question. And I can just sit here comfortably in silence while you think about it. And then sit here a little bit longer for you to think about it a little bit more. Or most people, they have to fill the silence. They have to prove that they're, that they know enough. And I, that's, that's on the coach, right? Like I know what I'm doing, so I need to push it on you. It's like, well, no, you don't like, you do know what you're doing. That's not in question. Why are you questioning yourself? In which case it comes to a mindset problem with the coach, right? Like, you, yes, you have the skills and you have the answers, but at what child has you, have you ever known that been like, do this? And they're like, okay. They're like, no, <laughs> don't like, it's the natural instinct to push back when something's being forced upon you. Right. So, but the holding space part, really, really learning how to do it on a deeper level was more in like the last year, but that was through training um, through a certification that I took, um, and more of the question than the, the pushing and it's teaching and guiding, right? It's for me, it's, I have a skill set and I want to teach people that skill set so that they don't need me anymore, right? Like they still want me, because what I have is valuable to them and they, they want to be around me and learn more. But when I work with somebody, I ask the right questions. I figure out what it is that they need and they, and then guide them towards it, asking again, the right questions. But I give people the tools and the skills that they need so that they don't need me anymore. I don't want to be that kind of coach where you need me for the rest of your life. I want you to be able to go and live a healthy, full life. Where if you need me, you come back and find me. But for the most part, you have the skills and the tools that you need to live that truly healthy life. When you're in it with an athlete, not an athlete, but any client, I guess, how do you help keep them on track? So <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny question. I don't like the word track um, because it tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, 
because for me, it's a journey and a journey is about the trip, not about the destination, right? Um, it's the, the going on this path on this journey is more important than where it is that you're trying to go. So for me, a path, I always use the word pathway because to me, uh, program has always sounded very strict and rigid. Like you have to follow this to a T or like you're screwed. Sorry, I can't help you. To me, life changes, circumstances change. Let's say you had an athlete that was working towards a goal and they fall and they break their wrist. Well, all of a sudden their path has changed. They can't stick to that same thing that they had. So for me to say track, track sounds like something you're going to fall off of. Mm. And I'm just like, that doesn't happen. So for me, it's, it comes back to the tools and the skill set that they need to succeed, right? It's, I'm not, I'm teaching you and guiding you, but it's a powerful thing to give somebody the tools and the skill set that they need to succeed. Because a lot of people are keeping that stuff to themselves. They're not giving them because they fear losing that person. I could give everybody what it is that I teach people. And there are going to be people that can take what I do and they can go off into the world and they can live their life and be like, this is great. And there's people that I could hand it to them on a silver platter and they would have no idea what to do with it because they need the guidance from it. So when I think about keeping someone on track, it sounds like I'm constantly trying to hold them up because they're falling over like they're drunk. Um, where it's, just teaching them the tools that they need to get to where they want to go, right? That's, it's easy to keep somebody on track when or on track or on their path, working towards the destination that they have when you're empowering them with the tools they need to get there, right? So it's, and knowing that mistakes, because I don't call people who call it fall off the wagon, fall off the track. Um, I self-sabotage, not a thing. You retract, when you're expanding, retraction is 100% necessary. We can't continue to grow exponentially without some part of release, right? And that retraction part of it is us returning to our comfort zone, right? So it's typically retraction happens in a time of stress. So you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. And then all of a sudden something happens and you need to return to a comfort zone. Something has to give. You can't continue going the way that you're going, but you never return to that original spot where you started because you recognize that the retraction part of it is necessary. And then you continue on and you continue to grow. And then you come back in a little bit and then you go out and you go out and then you come back in a little bit. Um, for me, I use that a lot with my emotional eaters, right? Like somebody who has, I fall off the wagon every three weeks, doesn't matter. One, you just told yourself that you fall off every three weeks. So your brain's going to be like three weeks, we're done. But if you're growing and you're coming out of it, so like, let's say you make it three weeks and you do fall off the wagon, but then you realize that the retraction part of it is necessary. And then you continue on. And this time you make it five weeks, and then you retract. Like you're, you're constantly growing, realizing that the mistakes are just as important, not even mistakes, just you're not even failing. So many people it's, well, yeah, I failed. I ate a cookie. Oh, like it's not the end of the world. Like people, people tend to believe that they've failed when they haven't, they've just done what's natural and expansion, retraction, expansion, retraction, like it's needed and not, I don't, I don't get mad at anybody. Why would, like I have, I've worked with coaches that have gotten mad at me for not following something. And I'm like, this isn't helpful at all. Like, it just makes me feel like shit. 
And I don't ever want anybody to feel that way when they work with me. I want them to feel empowered. So for me, keeping somebody on track is about giving them the tools that they need so they can empower themselves and want to keep going. The whole idea of, of the expansion and retraction, I, I talk to athletes about the process of the back and forth, you know, it's like back and forth, back and forth and accepting that um, and not fighting it. Um, so I, I love that, Justine. What's the role that you want to play with athletes, um, the messaging that you believe they need to hear? It depends on the athlete and it depends on the circumstances. But for me right now, with everything that's been going on, I mental health has always been a huge issue. And there is a stigma around mental health um, that asking for help is weakness. But there's also something to be said for reaching out to a psychologist. That's not the only type of person that can help you. And I say that as somebody who was in therapy for a very, very long time. Um, so it's, it's okay to need help. That's okay. And it's, I, I, there was a big shift for me just recently. Um, I've been creating this. It's part of what I have created is from um, a group of young girls that were um, measured and weighed as um, I won't get into all of that, but it, it came from young athletes and the damage that can be done from not, it was not it being malicious, but it just being a lack of knowledge on the damage that can be like caused by doing something like that. And then for me with the young girl who took her life down in the States, it's, it makes me sad. And it also enrages me because it should not have happened. Like I, that is what I want to do. It's prevent that. It's a safe place. Again, holding space for you to, to just spill everything, the dark. Like we all have darkness that's inside of us, especially right now. And it's young people, especially athletes. Like I, I'd say athletes more than anybody else. It's because that identity piece right? This is who I am. There's a lot of pressure put on it, even though as a parent, maybe you're like, your parents aren't actually pressuring you into it, but you feel that pressure because they've invested so much time and so much money for you to do this. These coaches have invested so much time in teaching you, right? You, you feel this guilt because you should be happy because of all of the things that you have, but you're not right? Or maybe your coach is an asshole. Maybe your parents are pushing you and it's not something that you want to do, in which case you're in turmoil because you love the sport itself, but you've lost the passion for it because it's been pushed upon you, right? So it's, I, I want to help young athletes realize that they're more than just athletes because are you planning on doing this as like carrying it on from high school into college and maybe farther beyond? Is that something that you want to do? Well, then you need to be more than just the athlete. You need something outside of that, just as much as the person who plans on like going to college and doing this or stopping after high school, they need to have an identity outside of that because then you're going to be lost and not who you know who you are. Um, so what it is that I want to do with young athletes is help them discover, discover themselves right? Provide tools, support. Like there's a lot of people that are, again, telling, 
This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. I want to give you the tools and the skill set that you need to live a healthy, happy life. Because in the end, that's all that's that's for every single person that I work with is health and happiness. The basketball coaches that are listening, what are some basic or helpful things that coaches can do to start introducing mindset or start introducing uh, nutrition and health? Recognizing it, this is this is, is also very dependent on who it is that you're working with. Are you a group of males working with a group of young females? Or are you a group of males working with young males? Like the male female dynamic is very very different. Um, females working with females, it's there. It's it depends on the dynamic of it. So when you're coming from a nutrition aspect, please for the love of God, don't look at your athletes and be like, get your carbs and your protein in. Mm. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, when I teach nutrition, it's on a very, very basic level. Um, and I don't know any teenagers or young adults, um, even adults for the most part, um, that eat enough fruits and vegetables in a day. So if you're going to talk about things when it comes to like basic, 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 are your, are your athletes giving their body what it needs? Like they're, they're teenagers. They're going to eat junk food. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Are they eating it a lot? Like, are they fueling themselves on McDonald's and Starbucks? Well, then that's a problem because they're not going to be able to be the best version of themselves. But when it comes to nutrition on its basic level, are they drinking enough water? Are they getting enough sleep? Are they, well, obviously they're moving their body in some way. They're an athlete. They've got that one, right? But it's, are they eating enough fruits and vegetables? Right? That's a big, big one, big one. Um, protein. I don't usually touch on that with my clients, but when it comes to an athlete, protein is essential. It doesn't matter whether you're a male or a female, you want to build muscle you want to be strong. You want to have energy protein and then like balance. It's about balance and harmony when it comes to food. So it's, if you don't know what you're talking about, like get somebody in, like get somebody in and somebody that aligns with you. Don't just like Obviously, I think that what I do is amazing because I teach balance. I would never look at an athlete and be like, you're not going to succeed if you eat ice cream. You're not going to succeed if you have a beer. Like you're just, you're never going to get where you want to go if you eat this, this, and this. I, I don't think that that's helpful. That's how the disordered eating happens. That's how we get to that point. But bringing somebody in that aligns with you and your team, right? That can teach your team what it is that they need um, for where they're going, right? Um, but the basics of it is if you don't know, don't pretend to know. Cause there's so many people that they, you know, they get it off of social media and it's like, that's not helpful. And it's also, let's say Sarah over here can eat whatever she wants and she will never gain any weight. Right. So you can say carb it up to her and she's like done. Whereas you've got uh, Ashley over here and obesity runs in her family, right? You tell her to carb it up. Well, she's going to be like, great, I get to carb it up. And she's going to carb it up, but then she's going to feel like crap later and she could start gaining weight. Everybody's nutrition needs are different. Like, oh, I'm using random names over here. Adam is the tall, skinny guy, right? He can literally eat every single person under the table and he needs to gain weight and he's doing it in a super bad way. Like he's not fueling himself the way that he needs because he's just trying to get all the calories in so that he can get bigger, right? And then like this guy over here, he's like 
perfect in his build and height and strength and muscles, right? So it's, you're going to have a team, even if you had a team full of athletes that were all the exact same height, exact same weight, the exact same age, they're all going to need to eat differently. So to be able to give nutrition advice on that is, is very, well, it's setting some up for great success and some up for great failure because it's not, it's, it's not basic. The basics are water, fruits, and vegetables. Can they do those two things? If they can, well, then let's move on to more advanced things. But if they can't do those things, then like the rest of it is going to be more advanced and it's going to be a lot harder to succeed at. I want to just kind of get a feel for your problem solving as a coach. So an athlete comes to you with performance anxiety and maybe just they they know you um, and know what you're about and they feel like they're aligned with what you teach. What, what does it look like for you? What's the process like? Again, it's that holding space, asking the right things. For me, if somebody is struggling with performance anxiety, it's, well, where is that anxiety coming from? Where does that stem from? I'm having performance anxiety. Okay. What are you feeling right now? Where are you feeling it in your body? On a scale of one to 10, how strong is it? When was the first time you can remember feeling this exact same way? doesn't have to be sport related, right? Do they have a moment in their childhood that something like this happened? And then recently something triggered that. So their anxiety, maybe their dad yelled at them a lot, right? When they were younger and it was never good enough. And now they're coming up on this big game and all of a sudden dad started yelling at them again. So now they're terrified right? Like what's going to happen? What's the consequence? But really digging into where that anxiety is coming from. Telling somebody that they shouldn't be anxious about something because they're awesome is not helpful, right? Um, Because at that moment, they don't believe it, right? And so it's helping them to figure out where it's coming from and moving on from it. So imposter syndrome, big, right? Where is the imposter syndrome coming from? Um, It's usually a voice inside your head. We all have a voice inside our head that tells us that we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not handsome enough. No one's ever going to love us. Like they tell us all of the bad things about ourselves. Like it's your fault. You lost the game. Like, what were you doing? Like you were paying attention. Why didn't you play harder? Why didn't you shoot more baskets? Why didn't you pass more? Right? Like, why are you such a piece of shit? If there's a voice inside of our head and athletes, are the worst for it uh athletes and moms um but it's because of the pressure that's put on them and it's not the pressure that's put on them it's the pressure that they've put on themselves and which is a beautiful thing when you can recognize that you actually have the power to fix all of it because the emotions the words the language all of it is within your control your reactions to things is within your control where a lot of us feel like we don't have control in life when really it's there. We've just lost sight of the fact that if we want to be happy, we can be happy. We have to create it. It's not just going to be given to us. Um, but for me, it's again, just holding space where, why, why are you, why are you anxious? I'm not going to tell you not to be anxious. That's stupid because I have anxiety. And if somebody told me not to be anxious, I'd be like, okay. Okay. Like, that's super helpful. Thanks. I'll try that because I haven't done that before. 
Um, but yeah, it's, they have the answers for themselves. They, if they are very good at their sport, they know they're good at their sport. They know that, but something is making them also making them question at the same time. So what has happened to make them question that? So finding out that root cause and then pulling it out and I don't pull it out. They do it. Mm. I help them. I like stand by and ask all the right questions as they pull it out of the ground, but they have all of the power. They don't, they, they need the guy, they need the teacher, but they don't need me to do it for them. That doesn't help them in any way. Um, and then the next time that they get into that situation, they have the tools to do it themselves. They can talk themselves out of it. If they can't talk themselves out of it and move on from it, then they come and talk to somebody else about it. Come and talk to me about it. But that's how I deal with it. It's holding space and asking questions. The whole thing with asking questions, would you say that you learned to do that mainly through training or was that something that you picked up through, you know, just having the experience of, of working with people? And it wasn't, it wasn't until more of my adult life that I did. And it's more working with clients because a lot of the time as kids, we're taught not to ask questions. Don't, like, just leave it alone. Just don't ask me questions, right? No, ask the questions. One of my favorite things that I learned more recently from a book that I read is called The Four Agreements. It's beautiful. Um, assume nothing, which I love. Don't make any assumptions. Ask the question. Every time, ask the question. Like, I'm not going to assume that you're going to be angry because I did something. I'm going to ask you the question that goes along with that. Like, I'm going to, instead of assuming that you don't want to go, I'm going to ask you if you want to go, right? Like asking the question. Um, but it has been more in the last three or four years, slowly getting better and better and better and better um, with the different certifications that I've taken, which it, like with it coming stronger just in the last um, even six months um, with the asking the right questions because there's always been questions but there's a difference between asking questions and asking the right question right the deep questions the ones that people don't want to ask because they're not sure they really want to know the answer to it right because they could get like a whole earful of like rape beatings sexual abuse, like all of the things that they don't want, they're not ready to handle as a coach, where for me, there's nothing that you could tell me that would make that I would be unprepared to speak to somebody about. But that's because I don't need to have the answer to it. Because this is not my job. So Justine, just to finish up to wrap up, what's, uh, what's the one message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? I'll leave them with the first question you asked me. Who are you? Hmm. Figure that out. If you're just sitting there all alone or you're dancing around your kitchen, listening to your music, who are you? That's an important one. So Justine, where can people find you or link up with you? Uh, my business is called BNA Lifestyle. Um, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. Um, you can Google me on there um currently working on a website um that came with a move but um my email is j.bnalifestyle at gmail.com but all of that is bna lifestyle you can google it facebook it it's all on there right on there it is good job that was really well done justine <laughs>